Welcome to the Top Flight Podcast, our Road to Moscow series. We previewing all th- we previewing. We are previewing all 32 teams that are going to the World Cup in Russia. Ori Benatar here with Esteban Bailey. We're going to be previewing the Samurai Blue of Japan as they once again have qualified for the World Cup. They are one of the Asian favorites, one of the Asian regulars in the tournament. Of course, they co-hosted it in 2002 with South Korea getting to the round of 16. They also got to the round of 16 in South Africa 2010. Less than stellar performance in Brazil in 2014. They finished last in their group behind uh, Colombia, Greece, and the Ivory Coast. But now Japan is back. They are in Group H alongside Colombia, Senegal, and Poland. They're going to play Colombia on June the 19th in Saransk to open it up. Um, 24th against Senegal in Yekaterinburg, and then final match in Poland in Volga, not in Poland, in Russia, in Volgograd against Poland June the 28th. Not a good start for me in this podcast. Uh, so let's take it to Esteban. A couple of players you want to point out in this Japan team, and uh, what, what can we expect from the Samurai this year? Sure, I think um, they've had a terrible run of form leading up to this tournament. I think they just lost uh, recently. Uh, but they're going to be leaning on some experienced players like Kisuka Honda, who plays for Pachuca in Mexico, Shinji Kagawa, who plays for Dortmund still, Maya Yoshida from Southampton, Makoto Hasebe from Frankfurt, Hiroki Sakai from Marseille, and of course Shinji Ogozaki from Leicester. Um, these are all experienced players. They've been at the 2010 and 2014 World Cup. Uh, they're they're pretty interesting squad. Uh, they had to fire their coach, their Bosnian coach, Vahid Halihodzic, uh, for Akira Nishino, uh, because they had a terrible draw against Haiti in a friendly last November, 3-3, which required a Shinji Ogazaki goal to save it. Um, it's, been, it's been really bad for the Japanese national team before this World Cup, but if we look at their history, they were even in a worse run of form in 2010, where they lost five of their six matches coming into the tournament, and they actually surprised everyone by making it to the round of 16, where they narrowly lost to Paraguay on uh, penalties. I mean... Maybe that history can repeat itself this time around. I'm not sure. They're in a tough group. It's a very similar group to uh, last time around where they're playing an African team. uh, They're playing Colombia. And they're also playing a European team that has some pedigree to it. Uh, But this time they're playing probably a tougher European team in Poland and probably a tougher African team in Senegal. Um, Not really sure how this team is going to do. But they do have some younger players that they could potentially lean on, like uh, Takuma Asano. and uh, Like Takuma Asano because... Unfortunately, one of their better younger players, uh, Yosuke Ideguchi, who is on loan from Leeds United at Leonessa, he's got hurt, uh, so it's, it's, he's probably not going to play. But, you know, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see this team because um, I'm not sure if this Japanese team could go far in this tournament, but they do play an interesting style of football. They're very possession-based. Uh, they like to move the ball around, but they sometimes lack creativity in the final third, and it's kind of a joke in uh, Asian football that Japan just has these weird lapses in the in defense, and they just give up these crazy, ridiculous goals, just like South Korea. So I'm not really sure. I, I'm not really sure what to think of this Japanese team. Yeah, Japan is always comes into World Cups as sort of a big question mark. I think the only World Cup that people were really focused in on this team was when they were co-hosting it in 2002 with South Korea. But other than that, every year we've seen Japan in the World Cup, it's, you know, uh, okay, they're there. They're a good team from Asia. 
I we don't know what they're going to do because they've always had some good players and usually when they play well in the World Cup they have a hero. In 2002, I'm thinking of Hinatoshi Nakata. He played phenomenal in that tournament, got them to the round of 16 where they lost a nail biter in the rain against Turkey. And then in 2010 it was Kasuke Honda scored a ridiculous free kick against Denmark in that last group game which was a do or die game between the two teams. That they won that game 3 to 1 Endo scoring another amazing free kick. So they need a hero to lean on, and Shinzi Kagawa and uh, Shinzi Okazaki, for me, are those heroes they can lean on. I think Kasuke Honda is a potential hero again, 36 goals for Japan and 94 caps, but Honda now playing in a lower level in Pachuca in Mexico uh, compared to when he was playing for AC Milan after he had that amazing World Cup in South Africa. So I think Okazaki and Kagawa are going to be the main guys for this Japan team that, uh, that could get them far. But yeah, I mean, the fact that they're in... That's a a phenomenal observation from you. Basically, the exact same sort of style of group as in 2014. A Colombia again. Senegal, who I think is maybe slightly better than the Ivory Coast was in 2014 because Didier Drogba, you know, didn't even like play in that tournament. He was basically past his prime. And then you have Poland, who I think attacking wise is much more talented than Greece, but defensively very similar to Greece, but except that, you know, Greece just parks the bus all game and scores one goal. Poland can maybe score two or three. So yeah, Japan, big, big question mark team. Like they always have been in a world cup. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can kind of look at their uh, position in world football kind of as an inverse or similar to the United States where they kind of started their leagues at the same time, I think in the late 90s. Um, And, you know, while Japan went with a more Brazilian model, which is more possession-based and attacking and flair and all this kind of way, and the U.S. went with a British model, Japan hasn't really had the kind of success that the U.S. has had at the World Cup. Usually when the U.S. makes it to the World Cup, I think the bare minimum that most fans ask for is that they make it to the round of 16. And in Japan, they're also expecting to make the round of 16, but they rarely do it. I mean, they did it in 2010 and they did it in 2002, but... Every other time, they usually just get out of the group stage, and they still have not made it to the quarterfinals. Um, this year, though, assume, let's let's assume that this Japanese team can actually pull it all together by the time the tournament starts. They find their hero. If they play, if they are able to get out of this group, which is a big if, I don't think they will, but if they are, they might actually have an interesting path to the quarterfinals because they'll likely play one of Belgium or England, and if they play England... Man, that would be a fun game. And also, I, I would assume most English fans are going to take that game so, like, they're not going to take that seriously at all. And that's the perfect time for Japan to maybe pull off a miraculous upset. I don't think that'll happen. But, in you know, this is a time where Japan could maybe do something at this tournament. Yeah, it's possible. An Asian team hasn't made the quarterfinals in the World Cup since South Korea's uh, amazing run in 2002 where they finished in fourth place after losing to Turkey in the third place match. But Japan has some interesting matchups ahead of them. I mean, they got to face three world-class talents in the attacking positions. Hamas Rodriguez in the first game, Sadio Mane in the second game, and Robert Lewandowski in the third game. And Colombia, Senegal, and Poland also have some other phenomenal players in midfield. They've got some decent defenders too, so... People pinning Japan as this, you know, I pin them as the biggest question mark team in this tournament, but maybe they turn out to be the team that we saw in 2014 and just kind of falter and, you know, big loss to Colombia in the last game in 2014. They lost to the Ivory Coast, uh, got a bore draw against Greece, probably the most boring game of that tournament. So maybe they end up with only one point. So what's the maximum number of points this J- Japanese team can get in this group? I think it's all dependent on... Takuma, like Takuma Sato, which is really weird because he wasn't even in the last friendlies, but I think he's going to make it to the squad. And I think that 
he scored two goals in three games at Rio 2016. And while the Japanese didn't actually make it out of the group stage of that tournament, he was a kind of a, a very interesting player. And he might be an X factor that could give them the extra points to maybe qualify from this group. But honestly, I think because of how talented this group is, I think they're going to have a repeat of the 2014 World Cup. They might come across with only one point, and maybe three is their max. I'll say three is their max. I think the only potential win is maybe Senegal. Senegal's a team that is very good. They got to play Poland in the first game, but... You know, I, I just I, th- I think you're right in that Japan might end up, you know, a last place team. I, th- I think they could get a draw maybe against Poland if Poland have six points already and they kind of take their foot off the gas preparing for the round of 16, maybe get a draw against Poland. But I think out of all the three games, the likeliest that they are going to win is Senegal. I don't think Japan is going to have a fun time against Colombia. I think Colombia is going to reshow the world again why they can be a quarter finalist uh, for the second successive World Cup, and they're going to have a tough time against Colombia. And depending on how Poland does in those first two games, Japan might have a tough time against Poland too. Maybe a win against Senegal, but if Japan gets out of the group and has a hero and shocks us all again, let's say they, they probably would finish second. They play probably Belgium. If they played Belgium, they're they're out, and they play England, maybe they can make it to the quarterfinals, maybe? Well, I think most teams in this group are thinking, well, if we can play England in the round of 16, we have a chance to make it to the quarterfinals. I think most of these teams are thinking that way. Uh, I'm pretty sure all England fans are thinking that way, too. They're like, if we can play any of those teams, we'll make it to the quarterfinals, But which is going to make it for a really fun round of 16 matchup. Um, I do want to say, though, that I think that the team Japan is more likely to potentially beat or draw against this group is not Senegal because Japan has always struggled against really pacey African teams and pacey South American teams, but they do tend to play better against European squads, as we saw in the 2010 World Cup when they beat Denmark, uh, because you know Japan likes to play with a possession style and they like to be really quick on the uh, just in possession. That might actually European teams might might actually struggle with that. Um, however, if they did make it to the round of 16 and they played Belgium, they're, they're going to get crushed. That that Belgium is the perfect team to play against this Japanese team because they're just going to overwhelm their back line and not allow Japan to have the possession they need in order to win the game. Um, I, yeah, I think I think it's a quick tournament for them, honestly. I don't think they make it to the round of 16. I kind of want them to because I think it's fun when an Asian team or an African team does really well at the tournament, but I, I think they're going to have a quick tournament, which is unfortunate. Yeah, and they're going to have a busy next couple of months after maybe a quick World Cup, maybe a, a World Cup where they get out of the group stage. They've got three big tournaments to play in. They've got the Kieran Challenge Cup 2018, which takes place throughout the fall, September, October, November. Uh, it's all going to be in Japan. Then they're playing in the Asian Cup. Their group is uh, Turkmenistan, Oman, and Uzbekistan at the UAE. And then Japan got invited to play in the Copa America next next summer in 2019. So it's going to be a busy, busy schedule for Japan over the next year. You know, from this summer to next summer, they're playing in three. They're playing in four tournaments, which you know that's that's, that's that, that doesn't happen. Yeah, that doesn't happen. I'm I'm, I'm excited for this team. I think, you know, this might not be the best tournament for this team, and it's kind of a blooding out of the experienced players. I'm bringing in some younger players, uh, which might make it a tough tournament for them. But, you know, I still think the future is bright for Japan, and I I think even though the, the mood in Japan is probably not very hopeful, they're in a good group. They they're going to be an entertaining team to watch and I'd recommend anybody who gives a crap about the World Cup, you got to watch every Japan game. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're not going to find a lot of 0-0 draws or at least I don't think you will. 
yeah, I mean, Group H in general, I think every game in that group is going to be fun to watch. It For me, it's one of the most intriguing groups in the tournament, whereas you got four teams that are pretty similar in skill level and pretty similar talent. Japan, probably the lowest of those four teams, but still, Japan has some surprises in them. So that's our preview for the Samurai Blue of Japan. For Esteban Bailey, I'm Ori Benatar. Make sure to continue listening to our Top Flight podcast as our Road to Moscow series continues, approaching day one of the World Cup.